Hey everyone, it's Jess. Uh, we had a really fantastic conversation with Meg from Rogue Padron at Teaspoon of Nutmeg on Twitter. This episode is about fat phobia and diet culture, and we talked for almost four hours. So we are splitting this episode uh, into at least two parts, might be multiple parts. So this is part one. Enjoy. I wish I could put my fist through this whole lousy, beautiful town. Hello, and welcome to episode 44. That's actually episode 45 of Lousy, Beautiful Town, where we never talk about Star Wars anymore. And today we are putting our fists through fat phobia and diet culture. I am one of your hosts, Abby, and I'm joined by your very sleepy, uh, oversleeps for 45 minutes <laughs> co-host, Jess. Um, are we just going to do this whole, it's episode 45, but it's actually 44 or whatever thing, like forever now, because <laughs> we've literally done that the past, whenever we got off three episodes. We, we just did that once the no, last I think time. It was literally the last three episodes. No. <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Hello. Okay. Thank God. Je- it's not just Jess here because. <laughs> Stab her. <laughs> um, but we have another very special guest. We have Meg from Rogue Padron. Pew, 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 pew. Yay. Pew. Hi. We're, I'm Meg. <laughs> <laughs> we're making it our mission to get uh, the whole of Rogue Pod um, minus Heath. That's no offense to Heath. It's just we don't <laughs> let men on our podcast. We don't <laughs> let cis men on our podcast. Um, we have a. Uh, checked off three now and after this it'll just be saf wow that's pretty good i yeah. know yeah. impressed look at us Who'd have well thought? meg tell us what <sighs> sorry my eyes <laughs> crossed <laughs> in the notes it says meg tell us how you identify yourself and how amazing you are so please meg tell us how you how amazing you are uh <laughs> <laughs> normally this is where we would be like what do you uh, what's your star war but we don't care about that anymore so <laughs> i mean for for star war as star wars goes i'm an ewok queen and friend to all of the ewoks um so that's that's that fuck um, you jess <laughs> yeah <laughs> um besides that though as abby mentioned i'm Rogue Leader on Rogue Padron, which was and kind of still is a Star Wars book club podcast, but is mostly a chaos podcast now um, where you get some real talk about a lot of stupid stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But people like us for some reason. So there's that. Um, (laughs) I am also... In the past, I was on Far Far Away, Far Far Away Radio when I took Star Wars more seriously, and that ended a while ago. And um, I have been one of the hosts on the Avatar State, which was an Avatar watch podcast. It was my first time watching Avatar. It was great to watch it with a couple friends who really loved it, 
and um, were experts, and then with another friend who had never seen it before. Um, and then most recently, we just wrapped up season three, um, Danny from the last episode and our friend Mallory um, wrapped up Jelly Tarts in Bed, which is a Dragon Prince podcast, um, which is an animated show on Netflix. Um, besides that, I do a bunch of stuff. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love anime. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an old school weeaboo. Um, been doing anime cons for the last... Oh, oh god 23 years um you started doing it when i was two yeah oh my god. when i was 10 years old <laughs> baby <laughs> and uh i love sports anime my favorite one's haikyuu um <laughs> talk to me about volleyball anime all the time um daisuke forever uh i'm just rambling now um <laughs> Love it. I, I do I do a lot of like fiber art. Um so I cross stitch and I embroider. Yeah. Um I actually just put a very sexy embroidery in the mail for Jess today. Oh, I'm so um, excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be hot. <laughs> I'm so All you mall fuckers are in for a delight when that comes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it's very um telling of who we are as people based on what you and I, Jess, have commissioned Meg to cross-stitch for us. <laughs> Wait, what did you commission? I, um, I got, uh, it's a Breath of the Wild. Um, I got it for my office at work, and it says, uh, but courage need not be remembered, for it is never forgotten. Um, well, that's really nice. Yeah. And it, and Meg did a beautiful job with putting all of the, the flora from Breath of the Wild in, which is gorgeous just to begin with. Um, uh, yeah, it, it made me happy. And then you get a mall fucker right. wet dream. Just like <laughs> sexy mall. <laughs> <laughs> Give me mall's dick. Give me sexy mall. Um, and like bonus for mall fuckers out there. I actually was so proud of what I drew that I am actually turning it to a print as well. <laughs> and okay. so I'm yeah. trying to open an online store this month. Um, and so those prints will be available there. We will oh definitely link those because I yeah. know I know we got small fuckers in here. Oh, <laughs> uh, did y'all see Listening. the tick? Did y'all see the TikTok I posted on the podcast? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> there's a trend on TikTok. Well, I mean, obviously, there's you know sounds go through trends on TikTok all the time. Mm-hmm. But one of the sounds that's like really big right now is from Sweeney Todd. Um, where basically the, the premise of the song is that's when they decide that they're going to turn people into pies. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it like just starts off with like, seems a damn right shame, seems oh, an yeah. awful waste. And so people have taken that audio and like made it dirty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like, um, like the, the janitor finding Maul's lower half in Naboo. <laughs> and so then it was like the seems a damn right shame. Oh no. Seems an awful waste. That's amazing. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'm going to save this and post it on the pot account. <laughs> I know people who would be this in this situation. <laughs> 
<laughs> slowly raise his hand. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I didn't boy. know that your that type of art was called fiber art. That's very interesting to bring yeah. it back to what you were <laughs> yeah. talking about yeah. yourself. <laughs> Not mall. Just talking about myself. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> encompasses like embroidery, like crochet, knitting, cross stitch, um, hook, like uh, punch hook kind of thing. So it encompasses like a lot of different things because like it, you know, being like I do arts and crafts is like a little sounds like, you know, you're in elementary school. Yeah. Pulling out some glitter glue, which like we all love glitter glue. So like, let's not. I don't see anything wrong with any of this. (laughs) But like, also it is something different and like can be something very mature and like as a real like art form. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's generally what it has been coined lately, which like, I've only been doing embroidery for like the last year and a half, two years ish. Really? Year and a half. Um, that's so it? yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I took a class, not this past summer, but the class, but the summer before. Mm. So yeah. Wow. Um, but anyway, uh, besides that uh kind of kind of basics basics about meg um i'm newly 33 um i am half filipino uh half real white um my dad's from michigan this white guy from michigan like what are you gonna do um i am a biromantic asexual uh i've always been fat <laughs> That's that's why I'm here tonight. Okay. <laughs> I mean, also because we love you. I mean, also that. But like, <laughs> but like oh this God. is this is a topic that I want to talk about and like want to yell about, and so I'm happy that I get an outlet to do that. That isn't just like nowhere in my own home. <laughs> <laughs> private twitter <On> twitter <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well before we get into that is there star wars news who knows we don't care <laughs> i think the mando trailer came out there's some like mando mando posters that came out too i think like character oh, yeah. posters but whatever yeah yeah cool. i mean baby's still cute mando's still <laughs> yep. hot yeah um Kara, uh, what's her face? Gina Carino is still terrible. Yep. Um, Carl Weathers continues to be like the best hype man for that show. <laughs> so, oh <my> <laughs> same old, same old. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Now there's, there's also just a, a shit ton of like terrifying Baby Yoda merch floating out there. There's a lot. Uh huh. It's almost a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Yet I can't I, stop getting stuff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I say as I have like baby Yoda over on the side of my dad. <laughs> like the I doll. Did, yeah. I did buy some Pyrex, Star Wars themed Pyrex last night. Oh, <laughs> nice. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Jess just steals all of it. So, I mean, as she should. Yeah. Shh, we're not talking about that on the real pod. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, 
Just uh, totally pays for everything. <laughs> Just loves capitalism. <laughs> Just is a fan of the free market. Jess has never been spiteful once in her life. (laughs) (laughs) Is that better? We we love Star Wars. Star Wars is our friend. (laughs) There is no war in Bossing Say. No, there's no war in Bossing (laughs) Say. So there's probably Star Wars news out there. We just don't fucking care anymore. I'm just tired of caring. So big mood. Yeah. I think I'm awake enough now to <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> to do this. I feel like we should have a trigger warning for disordered eating and things like that for this episode. Just I have a feeling we're I know I put something of like that in the notes later mm-hmm. down, like with dieting and stuff like that. So just in case putting mm-hmm. that out there. Um yeah, this episode is about fat phobia and diet culture. And we have been hinting that we're going to talk about this for like probably since episode one. <laughs> and it's literally <laughs> taken us like over a year to like figure our shit out and like coordinate with you, Meg, to like get this done. So here we are. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Yay us. <laughs> we but did it, it works out perfectly because it's Megtober. So it's the most yes, wonderful so- time of the year to have Meg on the pod. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so I think we should just kind of talk about what 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 is fat phobia, as Meg put in the notes, fat phobia one oh one. And Meg, you are leading the charge here. So um number one, I'm sorry for how much longer I made these show notes. I know, I know like no one like no one's really guested on Rogue Padron. Um, when we've had like real show notes, like people just show up for like moving co- movie commentaries and stuff. Um, but like, I take strong pride in Rogue Padron show notes that like, <laughs> even though everything on that show is chaos, it is thorough chaos with good show notes. <laughs> so, yeah, and an organized chaos. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> One of the the group rules in my LGBTQ group is um, chaos, but make it organized. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we do. Um, and so I got these show notes and I was just like, oh, <laughs> hold on. Let yes. me do this. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So as just mentioned, this is going to be a lot of talk about like disordered eating, body image issues, um, health things that revolve around health um like there's a lot to fat phobia um and we're gonna start at the very beginning um yeah with like what fat phobia is because it is it's a term that hasn't really been brought hasn't been as in front as things like sexism or racism mm-hmm. or homophobia has have been. Yeah. Um, and so like the basic is fat phobia is fear and hate against like weight gain and fatness. Um, and this includes a systemic oppression to yeah. where mm-hmm. people, um, fat people are, have issues with getting medical care with employment with transportation, with adequate housing, 
um, because the the world does not think well partially because like the world doesn't always think of them as people um yeah. but like and doesn't build the world to them they try to make people conform which is what you know the overlords who are doing the oppressing do in any situation any of those isms um is that there's an ideal and everybody needs to fit into that ideal mm -hmm. um and so this is that but with your weight and your body size and the shape mm -hmm. thin white and rich yeah and, <laughs> and straight mm -hmm. don't forget and straight. straight and straight and sis that is um, the ideal yeah uh, and then on the other side of that, so along with the systemic oppression, there's what is like even more pervasive is the social part of it, the social shaming and ostr ostracizing of fat people um, and of gaining weight itself. Like no matter how much you weigh, the, the, the fear of weighing more. Um, mm -hmm. And like that social construct um, is something that is put onto us, mm -hmm. like as soon as we're out of the womb. <laughs> mm -hmm. By the people that most love us too, and yeah. we most love as well. Which, ooh, we gonna get into that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and so that phobia is, is often tied into other things. Um, like people talk about like beauty standards or mm. um, how uh, health is tied in with race and things like that. But like what we have to understand is that fat phobia is a separate pillar of oppression, like classism, like racism, like sexism. Um, and like it needs to be given that same amount of attention um, and like the same amount of uh, like self uh, <laughs> self evaluation yeah. as well as um, you know critical evaluation of the world around you. So and like I really think that you know fat phobia is one of the hardest topics to discuss um, and also the easiest topic to dismiss um, mm. because like as just said like it is something that people and we'll talk about this later too but like it's something that people say out of love that's it's a moral evaluation it's good versus bad mm, yeah. um it's not as like concrete as something like um you know classism is where it's like you are poor um like it has I don't know. It's just, it's a weird, it's a really hard topic to like really get into. Um, and it like, it makes people very uncomfortable because as I've said, like we've all, we, we were all raised to be fat phobic. Um, right. Because even as kids, as like toddlers, as elementary school kids, we were meant to know what our weight is and go on diets and like not eat too much and like don't be fat be pretty um and like that is a pervasive message that is ground into us as soon as like we start to get a sense of self and a sense of other people yeah and that goes it goes into like even like 
what you're told to eat, what food is good and bad when you're younger mm-hmm. too. Like, you know, yeah. you need to eat your vegetables because ultimately the goal is we don't want you to get fat versus yes. eating hot Cheetos for dinner. I mean, that's also not great when you're like a, a child growing, <laughs> but like at the same time, it's like assigning morality to food also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's all wrapped up together. It's insanely it pervades everything <laughs> yep which is like why it's very hard to talk about because yeah. it's literally everywhere <laughs> yeah okay. yep. um and it's and it's built in to be like a good thing like it's mm-hmm. good that this thing that you're doing that is fat phobic and it's like no wait no it's not it's bad <laughs> yeah um yeah and so whoo um yeah. Um, so kind of the history of fat phobia and kind of body size activism in the modern kind of sense is, um, one, fat phobia is, and like the hate for fat bodies, um, is rooted in anti-blackness. Um, this comes kind of back from the days of slavery, um, where you would see which, um, black Slaves were working out in the field, which was usually the darker skinned, like larger ones versus which ones worked in the house, which tended to be lighter skinned, thinner bodied um, people. And so it even then like reinforced proximity to whiteness, proximity to a specific body type and body size um, that was preferred. And so within this, um, there's a term that you'll see a lot, especially if you start following like black fat activists, which I definitely suggest people should, um, mm-hmm. is massage noir, which is a term that was coined by Moya Bailey, which means anti-black sexism, like against black women. Um, and it's usually at the hands of black men or other black people. And like, that's kind of the root of how anti-fat, uh, like rhetoric really started. Um, and so some background reading on that, uh, if people are really interested in where this came from, um, the two books I really recommend are Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings and The Embodiment of Disobedience by Andrea Elizabeth Shaw. Um, they are experts in this topic. They can talk about it much better than I ever could. <laughs> um, but like, you have to understand that like, again, Fat phobia is intersectional with all of these other bad things about society. <laughs> yeah. Which is like why it needs to be addressed as seriously as these other things. Right. Yeah. And so the like what people normally see now is this kind of like body positivity movement. Body posy, you know, like fitspiration kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where, like, originally it was like a radical fat acceptance movement. And the thing that is inherently different from fat acceptance and body positivity is that one, body positive, well, body positivity was, was what non fat people turned fat acceptance into um they Mm -hmm. kind of co-opted the movement to be like but what about us 
um, right. like people who weren't fat um, or weren't like as fat. Um, and the, the main difference is like body positivity is about accepting yourself um, and feeling good about your body and how you look and like feeling empowered and feeling beautiful. And like, those are what they promote. Like that's what body positivity promotes versus mm -hmm. fat acceptance. The problem, <laughs> the issue with being fat isn't that fat people don't know they're fat. <laughs> the issue is that everybody else doesn't accept the fact that they're fat. Um, mm -hmm. The people who need to accept in fat acceptance is everybody else. It's society. It's not the individual. Um, and like, that's the main difference, right? It's that, it, again, in like, um, you know, in like racism it, or in like homo homophobia, like it's not like part of it is that like, yes, like fat people can be fat phobic and can hate themselves for being fat. I was definitely like that once too. Um, and like, I still get to be like that sometimes because society sucks. And, mm -hmm. but like, that's not the issue. The issue is that I don't like my body because of what everybody else is telling me how I should feel about my body. And it's everybody else that needs to change. And like, not the fact that I have a fat body. I know I'm fat. I know why I'm fat. And like, I'm okay with being fat. That's not what I need everybody else to deal with. Right. It's mm -hmm. that everybody else is being homophobic. Everybody else is being racist. Like everybody else is glorifying capitalism. It's <laughs> not me who is just like trying to live my life. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Honestly, you could apply that to any of the isms. Exactly. But it, this is, I think, one of, especially one of those topics where it's like, I forgot where I was going to go with this. I need to write <laughs> things down. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> but yeah, It'll like, come to me. <laughs> yeah. But like that acceptance and even being fat within the body positivity movement um, gets so much backlash from people because of like the way fat phobia is pervasive right they say that you're glorifying obesity um and other terrible things like that where it's like no i'm just saying that i'm a person and i should be able to like live my life and live a happy life um just like anybody else with any other body should be right. able to um but like yeah body positivity like is good but like that's not the that's not the problem like that's not the issue um the issue is that fat people are treated poorly and fat mm -hmm. people are disliked by everybody <laughs> <laughs> are taught to be disliked by everybody and like mm -hmm. that's that's the root of the problem that body positivity can't solve because i can right. love myself like i can love myself to the moon and back and like Lizzo, for example, fucking love Lizzo. Lizzo loves herself like more than I think anybody loves themselves <laughs> and like authentically loves herself. But that yeah. doesn't stop all of the people who comment on her videos and her photos, telling her to go on a diet, telling her she's ugly, telling her to put like more clothes on. Like she is not the problem. And her, there's no amount of positivity and self love that will make other people not toxic. Like that's just the fact of it. So that's, that's why body positivity 
doesn't solve any problem. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. I'm glad you said that because that's kind of where I wanted to go when I forgot what I was talking about before. It's it's this like if you think about it in terms of like racism, if you're using that as a parallel, like mm-hmm. no amount of self love, regardless of what society is telling you about what you look like and your race, is going to out do like this the systems that have been set in place to hold you down as a brown or black person mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with fat phobia like there's i mean the biggest example i can think of is like airplanes yep. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. just yeah. the way des- the seats are designed it is like literally not designed for fat people to exist like the world the way the world is set up is telling you you should not exist and that fucking sucks and so it's it like yeah no amount of self-love is going to change mm-hmm. change that so this is this is why we put our fists through things and <laughs> is it something i mean like yeah base level we need to like deconstruct this in our own minds and like really think through through this stuff as individuals but this is also something that is needing to be worked on like in a, on an activist level <laughs> as well i've always mm-hmm. like struggled well not actually well so bleh, words like the body positivity movement in in and of itself ye, all the things you said it's like people within the community of like the body body positive community fucking suck yeah um mm-hmm. they're kind of the worst mm-hmm. and i say that as somebody who like in high school was like trying to be all up in that we talked about like or Meg, earlier you mentioned um, like Fitzbo and yeah. stuff like that. That mm-hmm. was like, I mean, that was like my thing in high school because I was trying to lose so much weight, and that's where <laughs> that disordered eating comes in. But <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, like you could, ha- and I had like a like a weight loss blog and all sorts of bullshit like that on Tumblr, and like oh. it was never good enough for Mm -hmm. other people and it never will be because unless you are the even though they condemn thinspo like unless you are the thinspo your body isn't that positive to other people right right like it's it's unless you somehow made this drastic change to get to the Mm -hmm. ideal it's not inspirational and like that's gross (laughs) Right. Mm-hmm. And like, right. yeah, I also used to have a fitness block on top <laughs> <laughs> when I was in college. Yeah, when I was in college, um, when I got when I first started losing weight. Um, so I guess I get kind of some background. As I mentioned earlier, I've always been fat. Like, I've always been fat and I've been fine with it. Um, throughout like growing up. And throughout high school, I didn't have a problem with it. Like, I didn't care. Like, I never cared about losing weight. Um, You know, I thought if people were bullying me because I was fat or were mean to me because I was fat, which, of course, people were, um, that, like, that's their problem. I'm great. Um, Like, I'm great and I'm cute and, like, whatever. (laughs) Um, And, like, it was the healthiest mindset I ever had when I did not care about my weight. And then, like... I go to college. I, at that point, I think I was like 300 pounds. 
um, I go to college during the first quarter, I end up just naturally losing 50 pounds because like I'm walking around campus a lot. Uh, University right. of Washington's a big campus. Um, and because like, I don't have a bunch of snacks cause like I gotta <laughs> pack my lunch and I don't live on campus. And so I can't just like, like, I'm really, I'm like a lot busier. So I can't just like sit around and veg with my friends, like eating a pint of ice cream, which I still love to do. Um, <laughs> And so like, I just naturally lost weight and I immediately noticed even at being still fat, still heavy, 250 pounds, um, people treated me better. Um, people mm -hmm. treated me better. Um, uh, boys started being interested in me, romantic styles. Mm -hmm. Um, well, boys who didn't creep me out started being interested <laughs> in me, romantic styles. Sorry. Um, <laughs> And, and so I was like, oh, like I, the direct reward for losing weight was that people were nicer to me. Um, people were acting the way that I thought they should already be treating me. Um, and so then like, I then tried to start losing weight, like intentionally lose weight. Um, and as things go, it was, it started off like what I thought was like very healthy. You know, I'd go to the gym like two to three times a week, like for, you know, half an hour or whatever. Um, and, you know, just be more mindful about my eating, right? Like not, right, still like go and do whatever I want, but like whatever. Um, and so like <laughs> I kept losing weight and people kept being nicer to me and like, kept getting asked out on dates that I didn't go on. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, wow. And like, I could get clothes that were cuter. Um, mm -hmm. And all of these rewards, I wasn't really, I was less uncomfortable in like the desks in the classroom and all of these rewards for being, for losing weight. And it got to a point where I was so obsessed with it that like yeah it turned into i was bulimic um mm -hmm. i was working out twice a day for two hours each time i was tracking calories to a point where i had like a 1200 calorie deficit every day mm -hmm. um i weighed myself like every morning every night um to the point where like yeah i the lowest weight I've ever been is 175 pounds, which like I was still fat. Um, like that was about a size 14 between a 12 mm -hmm. and 14 was me at 175 pounds. I still had, I was still very soft. I still had like <laughs> big thighs, big calves. I still had, you know, huge huge soft love handles that i still do um back rolls still got those but like it the best that anybody ever treated me was when i hated myself the most and uh -huh. it's because of how much i weighed and like what i looked like and that is awful and that's like what fat phobia does to people mm -hmm. um and, you know, nobody told me to stop during this. Like, nobody was worried about me during this. Um, 
right? I would only get the comments of like, oh my gosh, like, you're so beautiful. You look so good. I'm so mm-hmm. proud of you. That's amazing. Um, or like, oh, you're so disciplined to do that every day. Like, no one cared about like how much I was hurting myself in this process or how much I hated myself um, or how unhealthy it was, right? Like I would lose 10 pounds during a single week, gain back five pounds over the weekend. And that because I would eat normally, um, Mm -hmm. I would eat three meals a day. And then I would weigh myself again Monday morning at the gym at 6 a.m. And then I would do everything I could to lose 10 pounds again. And like, Mm -hmm. that was a cycle I was on for like two full years. And Mm -hmm. it probably has repercussions that I don't even know about, like health wise Mm -hmm. right now. And um, like, that's what, that's what fat phobia does. And I guess one other as we're also like kind of going into the like mental health and fat phobia and the effects of fat phobia on people. Like as we, as we talked about, as just mentioned, like people use or like fat phobia comes in the guise of concern and love and worry. Mm-hmm. And when I, this is, this is effectively what ended my relationship with my mother um was that when i was 15 uh, i grew up with my dad since like age eight and so like we would only visit my mom for like a couple weeks during summer vacation maybe a christmas here and there whatever um Mm -hmm. and so it was one summer that we went to go visit my mom i was like 15 i was like i could still buy clothes from old navy at that time so i was like probably like a size like 14 16 2xl you know like 2xl in women's sizing so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know really not big like that's about as 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 much as like plus size models are mm-hmm. um which are like the thinnest version of like fat people <laughs> um, <laughs> right fucking 15 like yeah and i was 15 uh, so like what um right like i was like two years and three years into puberty. Like, I don't know what you expect from me. Um, (laughs) And my mom came into my room one night and she was crying and she just told me that she was so worried about me. And she was so scared for me because she knew that no one would ever love me because I was fat. And she talked about how, terribly my dad raised me because he let me be this way um and because he hasn't like warned me about this and like she begged me to lose weight because she doesn't want me to be like alone all my life um and for like anyone to hear that really sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah but like for a 15 year old who <laughs> One is 15, two, at the time, like, I really had no motherly influences in my life. Um, Like, she had moved away basically as soon as my parents got divorced. Um, So, like, I didn't see her. I didn't, my dad never remarried, never dated. Um, Like, I didn't have a mother figure. Mm -hmm. And 
so for like the person who is supposed to like when my friends talk about their moms and the relationships they have with their moms and like how much they love them and stuff like that like to then have that person tell me that because i'm fat no one can love me Mm -hmm. yeah and like that's that's your parent that's someone who's supposed to love you unconditionally (laughs) yeah like unless you do something like very bad right like that's someone who's supposed to support you and like be positive and you know tell you that you're good and Mm -hmm. worthwhile and not say things like that (laughs) um yeah right right and so like that that's not something that like anyone can shake and like you know at the time i was really just mad about it and i didn't like i tried to just be like i don't care about that um (laughs) but like the older that i got and the more that like i started to date and started to think about like well, am I going to marry someone someday? Like, do I want to be with someone uh, romantically? Do I want someone to love me who doesn't already know me? Like that was something that like came up and like still comes up. I'm still very scared about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's, that's what it does to people. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Uh, it's, to to go back to like your your point about like when you were at your lowest weight that was the nicest people had ever been to you mm-hmm. it's f- fucking in- incredible in a gross way that like how fucking true that is mm-hmm. and like i so when i was in high school is when i tried to well and i did um lose a lot of weight and at that time i was not fat at all. Um, to begin with, I was like 135 pounds. I'm five feet tall. Um, and, oh, but I apparently, press you. Uh, <laughs> 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 I can best press high school. Have you? Um, but like, apparently to like my doctors and um the we fit board <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the we fit, fit board the we fit board is the worst thing that ever happened to me <laughs> i have that too and i hated it <laughs> i hate it um i just want to try yoga <laughs> right according to all of them i was fat and also bullies at school who um so wonderfully nicknamed me flabby abby because i'd never heard that one before um (laughs) but when i i was i lost a ton of weight very quickly very unhealthily um was very much so counting calories and then it became a challenge of like how much do i actually need in a day Mm -hmm. and still working out as hard as i was when i was (laughs) a 1200 calorie diet isn't even a good thing to begin with no um but that paired with like you know i i would part i started like actually participating in gym class um so that was 42 minutes of exercise a day and then i would exercise for an hour when i got home Mm -hmm. from school um and if i was doing 
the like a show at the time and like we'd have dance practice that's another two three hours right there so with all of the activity i was doing 1200 wasn't a, a high enough to begin with but then it became a challenge of how much lower can i get mm-hmm. and i think about like how nice people became to me um and i wasn't even I wasn't fat to begin with. And I went down to like a hundred pounds and like that people loved me. And that was addicting. That was an addicting feeling. Mm -hmm. And I only had one person like, and, and this is unusual for a lot of folks who have gone through eating disorders and disordered eating. I had one person be like, are you okay? Um, my I remember like th- it was like Thanksgiving or something like that. My uh my aunt had like looked at me and she goes, Have you lost weight? And I was like, Oh yeah, like huh. And she's just like, Don't lose too much. Are you okay? You don't look good. And I I was pissed. Right. Like, I was pissed. I was like, Are you fucking shitting me? <laughs> right. And then you know, realized it years later that I probably looked as miserable on the outside as I felt on the inside to her because Mm -hmm. she'd known me since I was a baby. And, but otherwise like people were, I was pretty, I was then like everybody wanted to talk to me and all sorts of stuff like that. And I wasn't even fat to begin with. In terms of like fat phobia, I was 135 pounds. That's fucking nothing. <laughs> At like 16, 17 years old, five feet tall. Right. That's right. Uh, and like, I haven't bench pressed in a while and I could probably still bench press that. <laughs> 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 like, maybe with a warm up, like, mm-hmm. no problem. <laughs> but yeah, it's this, like, and like, that's, that's the thing is that like, again, with the way that like, Yes, feminism helps people who are not women, right? It's the same as like fat, like dealing with fat phobia and addressing fat phobia will help people who are not fat because like fat phobia affects everybody. It, because it's not just about being fat, it's that fear of being fat. It's, it has villainized weight and fatness so much that like, People are so scared to gain weight and people hate like, and that, you know, fat, fatness is something, if you want to make someone feel bad, fat is always an insult that you can use. Right. 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 Like, man, kids had so much they could make fun of me for. Right. (laughs) Like, I've always been like a really out and proud nerd about like Star Wars and anime from like, you know, age eight, nine, ten. My parents mm-hmm. split up. Like I was poor, and so like I had shitty clothes, um, and like I didn't like comb my hair very well. <laughs> like they had, they had so many things they can make fun of me for, and they ignored it all and just made fun of me for being fat. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> yeah. Because really? society has set it up to like that is the worst thing that could happen, right. and it's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with, like, the girls I dealt with in high school. Again, Mm -hmm. I wasn't fat, and they had a million other things to make fun of me for. I was a theater kid! (laughs) 
That's <laughs> that is fresh pickings. They were on the dance team, and I was a theater kid. And the best they could come up with was Flabby Abby because. In their eyes, that fatness was the most damning thing they could say about me. Exactly. And it's just like, what? <laughs> right. Make fun of me better. God. Right. <laughs> if you're going to do something, do it better. <laughs> yeah. Because again, like, being fat is just a fact. It's just a fact. Like, mm-hmm. you call me fat, I know I'm fat. That doesn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> right. I'm fat. Make fun of me, make fun of me better. <laughs> Tell me, like, Haikyuu is stupid, and I'll be, like, very hurt. So, like, <laughs> and these issues that people grow up with, like, about, you know, about self-worth and body image and, you know, body dysmorphia? Is that the correct term? And, like being afraid of like opening yourself of being vulnerable and like being known and like trying to get into relationships. Like a lot of these things like have fat phobia wrapped into them. The, the fear of someone who is fat to have someone see you like naked, like, Oh God, (laughs) terrifying, (laughs) terrifying. Like being naked in front of someone like is usually very vulnerable within itself. But then like, imagine doing that with like someone when you have a body that is told time and time again is bad is ugly is you know not not attractive and like how do you how do you manage that how do you manage that fear and that like very real trauma that happens from being fat oh we kind of skipped a whole thing. I did. I skip a thing. I skipped a thing. It's fine. Um, <laughs> well, it's the who qualifies as fat. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think that's really. It's a really important thing to talk about, just because of the co-opting of the body positivity mm-hmm. movement in a lot of straight-sized people or mid-sized people taking it and being like, you know, this is all about me. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm -hmm. not looking at like where this came from and the people who are actually affected like systemically by fat phobia. I think that's an important thing to remember too. And like really hit home is like, there, there's no one telling you, like, you can't be like, I feel fat or I don't like, like, I feel like my body is fat, even if you're not. It's nobody's telling you that that's in like an invalid feeling. They're just saying like, you're not oppressed for it. Yeah. Like you there, you're not oppressed because of your weight. Like it's still, it could make you feel like shit. Sure. But But you have to examine like, why do you feel like mm -hmm. shit? Because of that comment. (laughs) It's because of what everybody has been telling all of us, you know, since, since utero. Exactly. And I think too, like, kind of going back to like your mom, Meg, Mm -hmm. like that, I'm sure that was genuinely coming out of concern because Mm -hmm. that is what a lot of, especially Asian and yeah, Asian moms, (laughs) Asian parents, like even Asian dads. Cause my dad is like that too. Oh God. And it's like, I'd have a serious conversation with my dad, like pretty recently, like within the past year. Cause he would just like make horrible comments at people like in the fucking mall. I'm like, dad, you cannot, 
say stuff like that. Like, yeah. be hateful in your own heart. <laughs> like, don't make right. other people <laughs> feel bad for just existing. And it's like, where does that come from? And it's this this morality that's placed on like, well, you don't work out hard enough or you don't eat healthy enough and you have no discipline. And so that's why you look this way and heaven mm-hmm. forbid you look, heaven forbid a child of mine be that person. Mm-hmm. And like, I am straight sized for context if no one's ever seen a picture of me. And um, <laughs> my dad like made a comment recently of like, I changed my birth control and he's like, oh, maybe you'll lose some weight now. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, dad, I just got laid off and lost my insurance. And that's what you want to talk about. But anyway, right, right. like, and he was just saying it out of like, I'm concerned for you. Like, and it was just an offhanded comment, but stuff like that hurts. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it affects everybody, but still it's like, th- this is coming from like a person I look up to and love and is supposed to love me and mm-hmm. is supposed to show me how to love myself also (laughs) yeah and my sister had a fucking eating disorder when she was like eight years old because of my parents and she's tiny that's real young yeah Mm -hmm. she's she's never been over like 110 pounds and she's like five two yeah she's tiny make me that makes me very very sad yeah (laughs) it's upsetting like she would not eat like and i'm like you are nine years old like (laughs) why are you placing like morality on different types of food yeah, it's it's fucking awful. Yeah. Yep. The thing with like fat fatness is that like it's it's hard to qualify, right? Like there's no mm. um clear card of where like being fat starts or <laughs> begins because again, mm-hmm. a lot of people use weight as a measure of this. But again, you have to think about weight is different for different bodies, right? Mm-hmm. Being 200 pounds at five foot looks very different than being 200 pounds at six foot, right? Like yeah. your, your body composition, people's bodies are different inherently. And the way that people's bodies are composed is different. And like weight fluctuates dramatically all of the time Mm -hmm. within a single day you can gain you can start out as one weight and like gain five pounds just from being hydrated eating three (laughs) balanced meals like it's it's not bad weight is just a number it is it is a number that shouldn't mean anything besides like a a number it's just a number Um, and like that's very hard because we put all this morality into like there is an ideal weight, there is an ideal body, but like all we know about that is that it's low, it's that it's thin. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have, it's just as thin as possible, as low as possible. Um, to the point where like, like Abby said, like it's never going to be enough. Right. Um, like you can whittle yourself down to nothing and right to to bones and then like people will be like oh yes so attractive three percent body fat Mm. um right and like that's terrible like that's terrible like people just want other people to be thinner and smaller and way less and there is no there's no limit to that there's no limit Mm -hmm. to how fat phobic people are and like that's 
terrible. Um, and like, like Abby mentioned, there's this perceived fatness versus <laughs> like actual physical fatness. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, I will have to disagree. I hate hearing that like, fat is a feeling. Fat is not mm-hmm. a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you can feel bloated. You can feel, um, you know, unhappy. You can feel, uh, you know, dissatisfied. You can feel embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, but like fat is fat. Um, and like that is that is just like a factual thing. It's not a feeling. It's just it's fat. Mm-hmm. Um, no, thank you for correcting me on that. I like I, the way you described it makes a lot of sense it like you can feel bloated and stuff like that that's that's the feeling you're actually feeling and then it gets covered up by fat phobia so yeah and and again like there there are ways to talk about how you're unhappy with your body that Mm -hmm. aren't necessarily like fat phobic or fat shaming Mm -hmm. um right like i talk about in a way where it's like i want to be stronger right like i miss how big my traps used to be, um, <laughs> right? And like, it makes me sad when like, I look back on pictures and I was like, man, I was buff. And like, <laughs> I wanna be buff again. Um, and like, those things aren't, right? Like if you have non weight related and like non like size related goals, like that's, that's good, that's fine, right? Like right. if you're, right, if I want to be able to run 10K um, like that's, that's fine. And however you get there is however you get there. And like, that's, that's what it is. But like, not being like, I need to run every day because I hate my body and like, I'm fat or because I need to fit into my dream dress or something like that. Like, those are bad. Like those, that's fat phobia. And like, that's fat shaming. Um, and so like fat isn't, isn't a feeling you have, like you are fat or you're not, mm-hmm. um, right? Because it's not like, I, I mean, this is kind of a funny because like how, you know, but it's not like I feel queer, right? It's I am <laughs> queer, right? right, like, right, right. I, I am queer. Well- if you think about it too in racial terms, like you wouldn't say I feel black. That would be like appropriating a race. That'd be so like, bad. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> That's like Rachel Dolezal situation. Right. Like right. well, I grew right. up with black people, so like <laughs> <laughs> my mom was fat. Ne- like, no, you would never say it. that. Yeah. You would right, never right. say that. <laughs> right. And again, it's That's a good part point. of that is accepting that like fat phobia again affects everybody like you don't have to be fat to feel the negative repercussions of fat phobia mm-hmm. um and like we have to make fat not a bad word and like part of that is like not to say like i feel fat in a way mm-hmm. where it's because you're complaining about how you don't feel good right um right, right? i ate too much and like oh shit that like last Several cookies was a mistake, right? Like, <laughs> right? several cookies. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> like when Jess orders the big cookie box from McDonald's. From McDonald's. Should have saved those. That was a mistake, right? Like, <laughs> right? Like, I ate too much. And, like, that is, 
that is a fine statement, right? Like mm. I ate too much because now I'm in physical pain. And like <laughs> right. that that's I the issue. <laughs> right. Like not I ate too much and now I feel guilty because it's going to turn into like five extra pounds. Right. Yeah. Like that's it's kind of the intention behind like what we're saying. Um, mm-hmm. and like why we again, like why we are saying it. Right. right? Like, um, and so, like, there is, again, that difference between perceived fatness, which is, like, those dumbass girls making fun of you mm. when, like, you're not fat. <laughs> right. Versus, like, people making fun of me, and I'm like, I am fat. Why <laughs> are you telling me this? <laughs> like, right. I'm like, I don't have to worry about you because I'm already worried about the fact that, like, I can't find clothes at the mall right like or my clothes cost 50 percent more than your clothes do because it's a plus size um right like i have other problems to worry about bro this kind of segues perfectly into capitalism essentially because <laughs> diet and wellness culture has come out of this fear of 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 fatness and it's using marketing and capitalism in a perfect way with Instagram and YouTube influencers. And it's created this entire like thing and Fitzbo is a part of that. And influencers telling you what they eat for breakfast is a part of that. And slim tea. yeah, fucking TikTok, like a huge trend now is like what I eat in a day. And it's like 16 year olds doing it. I'm like, stop. Yep. yep. I know. And it's um, it's created all of these products that yeah. are based in, you know, fat, you know, fat phobic origins of, mm-hmm. of that fear of, you know, don't become fat because society will hate you and it won't have room for you. And so you need this tea that makes you shit. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> you need this tea. Here's a Kardashian promoting it. It's fantastic. Um, diet culture. I put this definition here. It conflates size with health. And it pathologizes body size, certain body sizes. Um, and it equates like health with body size and wellness, whatever the fuck that means. <sighs> And it creates these rules <laughs> for like mm-hmm. what is acceptable and what is not like, especially to show on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cause that's like where we all exist now. Cause we're not allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> um, and it has created like this whole system of diets, <laughs> like restrictive yeah, yeah. diet restriction, um, morality on food. Um, exercise as like the sole purpose of exercise to be to lose weight or to maintain Mm -hmm. a certain weight because you don't want to look a certain way or be perceived as looking a certain way and this like it it pervades so many aspects of our life now and like the medical industry industry i'm gonna say industry medical and healthcare industry is a part of this too because they perpetuate this as well doctors Mm -hmm. are fucking terrible Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's talk about restrictive diets because yeah. of that. <laughs> Stop 
doing them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As I have tried all of them diets. Uh-huh. Um, right. And, and part of it, right. And the thing is, is that they can be sold to you in a way that like, you don't even know what they're doing. Right. right. Like, <laughs> To where it's not like they they may never say the words like weight loss or like things like that, but it's still promoting the same thing, but in like flowery fanfic words. <laughs> <laughs> like especially I think like a big thing is like keto, keto right keto, now, yeah. keto, um, which like I did try and I tried it under the, under the management of a nutritionist. Um, And right. And like after 11 days, I lost 16 pounds and that is terrifying. Uh (laughs) Right. Like, uh, like a healthy and I healthy in like quotation marks is like, if you are losing weight, like a healthy, amount to lose weight is like maximum two pounds every week. Um, Not 16 pounds in 11 days. I had, um, I had uh, endocrinologists and like doctors that, you know, treat a lot of patients with diabetes or like um, pre-diabetes patients with keto. Mm -hmm. And like, there's like a whole like, you know, there is some like logic to that with like carb carbohydrate intake. Inta- mm-hmm. Oh my god, I cannot talk. I'm sorry. Carbohydrate intake with you know insulin use, just because there's like a whole formula there of like Wait. I can eat so many carbs and then I have to take this amount of insulin. It's like a bunch of math, and so keto is just makes it easier <laughs> for them. Yeah, absolutely. But the way that even then, even the way that it's marketed and presented to diabetics is like this will make you skinny. Therefore, it will cure your disease. Like the the cure for your disease, which there is no cure for diabetes, is like that's that's the main focus, right? The thing too, I, like I did keto when I was modeling because, like you said, you lose you lose weight really quickly, and you also get a lot of muscle definition, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. and it's not sustainable. And I think I saw something on Twitter the other day and I don't even know if this was like real or not, but like some like health organization, which I feel like we should be skeptical, skeptical of all health organizations, no matter what, but it Mm -hmm. was like keto is the worst thing ever to come out of like the 21st century (laughs) 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 because it's so bad for you on so many levels. (laughs) Right. Because like after that, it was like an initial 11 day, like, trial before like I was able to go back and like see my nutritionist um and like when I went back to her like but the first thing was that like yes I lost pa- and like I lost pounds but more pro- like I lost inches right I lost like a full inch like mm-hmm. off my stomach off my bust um like off my waist which like if any of you have tracked body changes by one like that's a more more reliable way to track body changes is mm-hmm. by measuring rather than weight, but like measuring the actual like size, your measurements. Um, but like, that's horrific to lose a full inch in all of those places right. in like yeah. less than two weeks. That's right. um, Especially like yeah. a bust. Boobs don't like to lose weight. 
no. oranges. Mine do not. They no. Like to, they, like to, they like to take on the way. They do not right. like <laughs> Yeah. But um, I was like, I feel terrible. Dude, keto flu is a thing. It's you should... a real thing. But mm. I was like, I feel like weak. Symptoms. <laughs> that, sounds, that is terrible. Like... Yeah. I'm like, I feel weak. I'm tired. I have headaches all the time. Like I'm in a, I'm crabby and not in the good way all the time. <laughs> um, right. And I was like, I can't do my workouts. Like I don't have energy right. to, cause like I went to the gym like every day during, during my lunch break and like in, you know, for like a half an hour of workout and it was mainly like, um, it was mainly strength training. And I was like, I can't do my strength training. And like, I love lifting weights and I don't have the energy to do that doing this. And like, that mm -hmm. is more important to me than like being able to lose weight. I, I don't, this is bad. Like how it is is bad. And like, yeah. so of course we like messed with the, the micro, the micros, right. Of like, okay, you can have this many more grams of protein and blah, blah, blah. Um, right. And I lost like, 30 nope I lost like 40 pounds in mm. like three months oh my god and um and this was the so fun, fun fact this was the alternative that my boyfriend my long-term boyfriend at the time who I later went on to marry and then later went on to divorce um because he got tired of listening to me feel bad about my body mm. uh his solutions were either I'll pay for you to go to a nutritionist or let's look into liposuction. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And I was like, not liposuction. <laughs> and so I, I was like, so the only alternatives <laughs> that are out right. there. God. Which like, I don't have anything against plastic surgery. Like do what you want. Um, there's obviously a whole bunch of mess there for mm -hmm. various reasons, but like, it's your body, do whatever. But I was like, that's not what I want. Yeah. Um, right. But I was just like, what? <laughs> so I was like, yes, I'm going to nutritionist. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And, and again, like, keto is like an even more extreme version of like low carb South Beach, like diet, right? Of like the low carb, high protein, high fat. Um, like, it's the same as like being paleo, like mm -hmm. being primal. Um, <laughs> let's turn all carbs into zoodles and, oh my God. <laughs> and, like, people, and like people fundamentally do not understand what carbs are right because people will be no. like oh you're not eating any carbs and I'm like fruit has carbs vegetables yeah. have carbs <laughs> also you need carbs to poop so yeah it's kind of important <laughs> but right I was Please like <laughs> right like there yes there is there is value if like you are not feeling well when you eat and you think it's something that you're eating that like maybe like you're allergic to or just doesn't make you feel good like yeah work on going through some common like maybe elimination things right like cut out dairy for a week and see how you're doing right mm -hmm. but again that's like do i feel terrible after i eat or am i trying to lose weight right like those are two very different reasons to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, because diets don't work. Diets don't no. work. Yeah. 
I should probably cut out dairy because I am very lactose intolerant, but I will not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At right, this I'm point. Like, <laughs> the goodness of ice cream outweighs the exactly. feeling. Exactly. Like Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and, and, at the same time, like, I feel like at this point, in addition to the fact that I could never, oh, man, like fucking dairy free ice cream sucks sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't but, like coconut yogurt. That's disgusting. No. Like- <laughs> and, and like, uh, I can't give up cheese. Like, fuck that. And also it's partly like I continue to eat dairy partly to spite Emma. Um, right. <laughs> who, who is also very, very lactose intolerant and yells at me every time I have dairy does not, products. Does not eat dairy. No, Emma does not eat dairy unless there is, it is planned. Yeah, <laughs> Emma's so strong. <laughs> yeah, she is. I don't know how she does it because I can't. I, I have, could never. No, I have been in dairies in the freezer and I really want it right now. <laughs> right. Like I was, I tried primal and like paleo for a while but then i was like dairy (laughs) (laughs) need to eat dairy like i don't i've tried every alternative kind of creamer and none of them are as good as half and half like i'm sorry Mm. nope (laughs) yeah none of them gets that bitterness out of coffee as well as half and half does like that's just the Mm. facts that's the facts or you could just drink your coffee black I would never. <laughs> the way a black soul like us, Abby. That's true. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Listen, I spent too many years drinking coffee that tasted terrible. Like I'm gonna have my half and half. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> when you when you work in coffee, like you can. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, like diets don't work, and so diet culture is awful like diet culture just teaches people to try to mess with their bodies um and like we have no idea of what that will do to you in the long term right like will do to you and mentally right ulcers like Mm -hmm. long lasting like or damage to your organs because like they're not used to operating this way Kidneys are not meant to have too much protein going through them. Yeah, that's that's a thing, right? And like we don't we don't know what this does. And like also, like when you diet, as soon as you stop dieting, you will gain the weight back. Yep, you will gain the weight back. Right, I promise you, because it's happened to me (laughs) multiple times. Yeah, I. I remember listening to a podcast. It's a it's called Food Psych, which is a hosted by an anti diet dietitian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I struggle with that pod because she is a straight sized woman. So um, mm-hmm. take it with a grain of salt. She usually does a very good job in terms of the guests that she has on, but take her pod with a grain of salt. But I remember hearing them talk about like her and her guest for whatever episode talking about how diets do not work. And then presenting like the the numbers, which I don't fucking remember because fuck that. I took stats like four years ago. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But like talking about, I think it was something along the lines of. If you are able to keep the weight off that you lose in your diet, it'll only stay that way for about five to six years. And then Mm -hmm. you will go back to your original weight and sometimes and then some. And I remember like having being blown away by that because thinking of when I started um, 
trying to lose weight in high school to when I gained it all back and then some was about a five to six year period. Um, yep. Yeah, because it was my junior, senior year-ish of high school. I started trying to lose weight and then gained um, all of it and then some back my senior year of undergrad. Um, mm-hmm. I blame the election for that as well. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> um, I just remember being fucking blown away by that because like, I don't think I'd ever heard anybody at that point. And this was like maybe a year ago, like specifically say diets just don't work. And here's why Mm -hmm. they're all bullshit. Right. And again, bodies are not static things, right? Right. They change as you age, like lots of things about your body changes as it ages. Like you can't hold your, you know, 40 year old body to the same standards as your 16 year old body. Like that is not, they are not the same body. (laughs) Right. Also just people that have ovaries. There's so many fluctuations, even like throughout the month where Mm -hmm. your body is going to be doing different things, holding water, you know, pooping (laughs) out water. Like there's all kinds of things just wrapped up just in your normal, like hormonal cycles, like just Mm -hmm. your monthly cycles and not, that's not even, you know, looking at your lifetime hormonal cycles. That is also a thing. Right. Or like if you ever give birth, right? Like that, yeah. your body is drastically different after that. Oh my that. God, like, yes. <laughs> bodies are like, different. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It is okay. <laughs> this is normal. It's yeah. supposed to mm-hmm. happen. <laughs> yeah. And like, like then, oh. oh, sorry, go ahead, Meg. Uh, um, I mean, I was, if you have another on this, I was moving on to the. Oh, oh I wanted to talk about veganism really quick because oh, yeah. oh. I encounter this so much where I live Mm. because I live in California. Um, Veganism has turned into not for everybody. I'll say that not all vegans. Um, (laughs) A lot of people do do it for like animal rights and things like that, which that's fine, but I value people more than that. But anyway, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) that's another episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I can excuse racism, but animal cruelty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's not people actually working in the fields to harvest your kale or anything, (laughs) whatever, brown people. Um, Veganism has turned into, (laughs) yeah, veganism has turned into a restrictive diet that's been under this guise of health and sometimes animal rights. And really, it's about not being fat. (laughs) Right. And, and there is a whole other level of morality with veganism. I feel like that's placed on this diet and the people who don't follow a vegan diet by a lot of white vegans, mostly Mm -hmm. um, that's just like, it's, it's even more next level because there's animals involved and because Mm. it's good Mm -hmm. for the environment and every, if we, everybody went vegan, then we wouldn't have climate change, which is not, it's too late. Right. It's or too late, guys. I'm gonna eat can, my cheeseburger. <laughs> you can you can fix you can fix you can heal COVID by being vegan. I saw right. that one too. I was oh like, God, I no. believe it. <laughs> so it's like even something like veganism, where it's like so many people have good intentions with that, where it's like, I want to eat plant-based because maybe it makes me feel better. Right. I care about animals. I can't stand the thought of hurting another being. Mm-hmm. Um but also there's this whole sect of veganism where it's like, oh, how dare you 
tell me my diet is restrictive? How dare you group me into this diet culture thing? Like this Mm -hmm. is, I have a whole high level here. That's not, I'm not like keto or whatever. Um, I think that just needs to be discussed for multiple reasons, but also just that any diet that restricts your calorie intake or restricts what you are able to eat in a time frame or or quantity or quality is a diet. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Um unless it's for like medical purposes where you like can't have gluten because you are intolerant to gluten, things like mm-hmm. that. Right. Again, we're being or being religious. <laughs> yeah. Or it's a religious thing. Like you don't eat pork because it's part of your religion. And right. like that kind of stuff is different than I want to restrict my calorie intake or I want to eat only a certain type of food because ultimately I'm scared of becoming fat. Yeah. I, one of my best friends, my best friend actually in New York um, is, and we've been friends since we were 14. Um, She's vegan. She used to be vegetarian. Like growing up, she was like always vegetarian. Um, And she's vegan now because like she has to be because her body hates her and like (laughs) hates, all of these la- hates lactose products, like hates, like she has Crohn's now. And so she can't oh. have, like, she can't have too many vegetables. <laughs> oh my God. Right. So it's like, yeah, she's vegan. She mostly eats bread and potatoes. Ah, <laughs> oh, what bread a move. Which Except I'm not, not vegan. I just eat mostly bread and potatoes. Right. Bread, potatoes, and then like vegan cheese. It's like, that's not, a health like that's not like a that's not what vegans what like capital v vegans yeah consider to be like a vegan diet right like she's like these are the things my body doesn't hate right (laughs) yeah right like that's a very different thing to being like holier than thou i am a better person because like this is how i eat Right. Like I'm like, oh my God, please shut up. And like the same goes with like primal or like paleo where it's like, well, this is how humans were supposed to be. Like we're supposed to eat meat and like things that we can grow, but like not anything that was processed. And it's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) This is how our ancestors ate and then died at 35. Right. It's just kind of like, no. Oh, yeah. Some capital V vegans just yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Raw really, diets. Mm. Oh, my God. Uh, That's another one that just drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Ju- like juice cleanses. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my, God. my God. I. Um, yeah. I sorry. Just briefly, because I want to like fucking scream and cry. Like I had somebody tell me that they wanted to go on the like the water only diet. No, uh huh. Because you are it's starving worth- yourself. Mm-hmm. Have you, because have you it's heard quote of air diet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but like because it had quote unquote worked for celebrities, mm-hmm. and it broke my heart because the person was fourteen. No. Nope. So it it, it hurts. <laughs> Fucking hurts. Things that you should worry about when you're 14, whether or not you're going to have magical powers. Exactly. Um, like, look, if you, if you want to think about the future, do you want to get your driver's license when you're 16 or are you gay? Like, um, like, just, 
what happens if you end up doing both? I mean, I did both too. Like, <laughs> um, to be fair, at sixteen, I deeply repressed the fact that I was bi, so. I, at sixteen, I had a girlfriend that I did not know about. <laughs> so it's that was okay. the sixteen-year-old Meg had a friendship collar. So <laughs> like, I don't. Like, and a fresh of collar and a brand new 2004 <laughs> Saturn Ion. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. If it makes you feel any better, apparently I was like 12 or 13 and had a girlfriend and didn't realize that she was totally my girlfriend until I was well into my 20s. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it was actually, I was still wearing the collar at. 16 but i think it like happened at 15 but i was just oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. oh man yep. <laughs> oh man <laughs> we'd make out while watching rent <laughs> <laughs> and i managed to convince myself i was how did, straight how did that even work because we were practicing take me or leave me <laughs> <laughs> Because we were practicing, so it was okay. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my I, god! I know, but that's Children not what this episode is about, <laughs> right? But like, that's what you should be worrying about yeah. when you're 14, not yeah. or whether or not you need to go on a diet, especially right. a horrifically yeah. like limited diet, like a juice cleanse or a water diet. That's not a thing. That's starving right. yourself, right? And guess yeah. what happens when you starve yourself? You gain more weight. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So don't do it. Um, but yeah, that's like all that real bad, really bad. But again, like it's that it's that idea, like again, especially with like veganism, right? Is that there is a moral and a health value placed on different foods, right? Like vegetables are good, chips are bad um right. both in the european and american chips bad um <laughs> right like fat is bad it took me a second uh, to get what you were saying yeah <laughs> i was like wait what fat is bad not like low fat no fat is good even though it usually means they add more sugars to the products yeah um right like there's you know and there's just this like Sugar is bad. Sugar is bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, but yeah, and it's just this yeah. this morale, right? Meat is eating too. Like eating meat is bad, but being vegan is good. Right. And or that or saying that like fat is unhealthy versus no fat is healthy, right? And like that mm -hmm. has been debunked for a long time. Yeah. There's if you want to watch a documentary about it, there's one on Netflix. Um, but like again it's it's a lie that people with more money and nothing else to do have told us <laughs> so we would spend money on the things they want us to spend money on and so mm -hmm. we would continue to feel bad about ourselves and spend money on products to try to make us feel better about ourselves um yep. and like that's what the whole diet health industrial complex does they try to make us feel bad so we spend money trying to make ourselves feel better right <laughs> yep and like again like food doesn't have a good or a bad food is food right yep. like a cupcake mm -hmm. is a cupcake yep. it is neither good nor bad it, just it has is. not 
killed anyone and has not <laughs> saved anybody's life. Like yep. it is, it is a fucking cupcake. And like, and like to go back to the this has been ingrained in us since utero. Mm-hmm. I, I like when you had mentioned like sugar and y'all were like sugar is bad. I had like a flashbulb memory of an old Nickelodeon uh, commercial about mm, sugar mm-hmm. and like limiting your sugar intake because sugar is bad for you. Um, mm-hmm. And how to identify when there are added sugars in like your drinks or something like that. Um, but it was like, um, I was explaining that like sugars named glucose and sucrose and like, and then they listed a couple more and it was like basically anything that rhymes with gross. Um, wow. so I mean, and I was like probably like six or seven watching right. that in between episodes of SpongeBob. So <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> whole like added sugars thing, I think I believe it's in Europe. The government has put regulations on food pr- anyone that produces food that you have to put on the food label if there's any added sugars. I think they do that in the US now for some things. Some but, some places do, yeah. 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 Um and it's just this whole demonization of sugar. Yep. And yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and how sugar is actually a drug. There's like people that write books on this shit. Like I read yeah. a book about how uh, sugar is a drug and how the sugar, well, there's also like a, a, a industry component to this, how like the sugar industry like mm-hmm. thrived off of the whole low fat um, diet mm-hmm. situation yeah. because the American Heart Association came out saying that low fat diets are better for your heart. And like you said, Meg, they just added sugar to those low fat things and got everyone addicted to sugar. And now we're all addicted to sugar and it's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we get cancer from sugar. It was ridiculous. Right. None of that has been proven. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it goes so far as to like, yes, this is what the government is mandating and saying what is good and what is bad. And like it, again is not just like a moral value it also like trickles down into other aspects of like racism right Mm -hmm. into classism where there are like in seattle there's a sugar tax um Mm -hmm. and it means like soda like so soda like a a coca-cola classic there's an extra tax on it because it uses like real quotation mark sugar but right. there's no tax on that for diet Coke. And mm-hmm. you think about then who is buying regular Coke versus who is buying diet Coke. Mm, right. And the majority of people who are buying diet Coke in Seattle are <laughs> middle-class white people mm-hmm. versus people who are buying regular soda are probably are more likely to be people who are fat people mm-hmm who are people of color and like it also like deals into like food deserts and like what is available right like Mm. i live in new york city new york city fucking sucks when it comes to groceries (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you that right now um grocery stores that are actually within the city grocery stores that you can walk to um are hard to find unless you are living in expensive gentrified areas right like even like the neighborhood i live which is like actually pretty well off um i rent from a friend which is why i can afford it (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh but like it's it's like 
a lot of old people, a large Hasidic Jew population. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's a very nice low crime neighborhood, but like the, the grocery store that's within walking distance is small. And when I say small, it is like, Oh my God, it's so small. It's like maybe 800 square feet, a grocery store. Right. That's an apartment size. That's an, like right. 800 square right. feet is a large apartment. Like it is a small grocery store. The produce section itself is like the size of many people's bathrooms. Um, and so it's like, then how do you expect people to then get, you know, produce the things that you are saying are healthy to have when most of the store is packaged processed food? Right. And like yeah. even more so in like poorer areas where they don't have grocery stores at all, like really at all. And they have to depend on like um, where all the cats live. But I love that I knew exactly what you were talking about. I knew when you said where all the cats live. <laughs> yeah. That have to depend on like bodegas or like gas stations and stuff like that who can't get to a grocery store or because buying fast food is often cheaper than like buying groceries or right. they have to buy fast food because they only have an hour between going to multiple jobs be and like because that's the only way they can pay for rent. Um, and so it's this, again, like fast food is bad, right? Yeah. Fat mm -hmm. is bad. And all of these things that we force people into because of like how much money they have because of where they live. But then we also don't provide any solutions for them to like do the things we want them to do. Right. Right. And so like, that's like kind of a thing where fat, like, fat phobia and racism and like sexism, like the people who are those things and like do those things don't want the actual solution, right? They don't want you to fix this, fix the things because it keeps them in power. Oppressors want to stay in power. Um, right. And like, like, for example, like what's, what's the top thing that people tell like fat people, right? Like you need to work out more. Okay. So Nike and Adidas put out plus size exercise clothes. Amazing. Great. Like Nike's a like a great, like reliable, like fitness brand immediately mm -hmm. backlash. Why the fuck is Nike? Why is Adidas doing this? They're glorifying obesity, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, mm -hmm. what? What? So right. like the point, right. So like, it's never about. It's never about people trying to like the, it's never about health quote. No. It's, it's never not about really health. about that. It's it's just that people hate fat people, right? Again, it's just, yeah. it boils down to people hate fatness and people hate when you put fatness in front of them and acknowledging that some people are fat, right? Like, right. I just- and, it, and, and God forbid that you as a fat person could love yourself. Right. <laughs> like, I don't right. want to see these oh, people, people loving themselves. hate it's, that. People uh, hate that so they, much. It's yeah. so- for it's me, fun. it's it's funny and also very sad, but like yeah. I have to find the humor in it because I am one of those people who gets hate mail um, for being fat. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, you're so petty. Do you have nothing else to do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Think of all the time that we waste worrying about this kind of stuff. 
instead yeah. of just being able to exist. It's so much. We waste so much it's, time mm-hmm. because people are mean to us. And that concludes part one of this multi-episode series on fat phobia and diet culture. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find me and Abby at our respective social medias um, at Abby M. Cecilia for Abby and for me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find Meg at Teaspoon of Nutmeg, T-S-P of Nutmeg on Twitter. And she is um, on Rogue Padron and Jelly Tarts in Bed. Uh, highly recommend you go follow her. Uh, this podcast can be found at uh, at LBT Pod. <laughs> uh, you can send us an email at lesbeautifultownpod at gmail.com. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash lesbeautifultownpod. To be continued next week. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to Lousy Beautiful. What episode is this? <laughs> it's 44. <laughs> okay, it's technically 45. No, All right, not. anyway, let me start over. <laughs> Hello and you. welcome to. What? Shut the. F- I'm sorry. <laughs> it's because I'm here. It does that. It's the curse. <laughs> I like how she just muted herself immediately after. I'm I sorry. Can't. I started to say something, Billy, because I didn't think you were going to start again. Go. <laughs> She's gone. Everybody's gone. Okay. Oh, thank God. We're Get good. Get her out. Okay. Hmm.